you brought your Bibles, turn please to 2 Timothy. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1 in just a few minutes. I want to share with you some thoughts this morning, the time I have left. Uh, passing on your faith. Passing on your faith. This is a special day. I've mentioned already, and you're well aware of it. This is Mother's Day. No doubt if you're a mother, you've already been given a gift of appreciation from your child or from your children. Yesterday, our family, we were in uh, Odenville, up between Birmingham and uh, Gadsden, and so we went to visit our daughter, and our granddaughter, Judah, was celebrating her third birthday. And Judah had never had a birthday cake. She'd never had a birthday celebration. And so this was a, this was a big day for her. Her birthday was last Saturday, and I couldn't go last Saturday, so my birthday happens to be today, and so we just planned a big celebration. I'd never had a Cinderella cake before. <laughs> well, no, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was many, many miles. Yeah, many miles. Never had one of those, Barney, but, uh, but anyway, I enjoyed the cake. And we just had a good time. But um, while that celebration was going on, the doorbell rang, and there stood a, a delivery man with a, a beautiful orchid bouquet that our grandson, Canaan, with the help of his dad, had ordered for his mom, had ordered for Corey. And uh, that just triggered something that I'd heard about a long time ago about this wealthy young man who lived away from home, and he wanted to send his mom a gift on Mother's Day. And so uh, he went out shopping. He was in college out of state. And he went out shopping one day and happened to go into this pet store. And he saw this real expensive bird. He said, is that bird talking? No. Owner of the pet store said, well, of course he talks. You bet he talks. He said, this is an unusual bird. He says, this bird can whistle every verse of Amazing Grace. He said, this bird can quote Psalm 23. He said, really? He said, yeah, it's an amazing bird. He said, how much is that bird? He says, $30,000. He said, my goodness. But you know it's not, you know, you can't pay too much for your mother's gift. After all, it's mom. And so he bought the bird. He said, now I want you to ship it to mom, make sure it gets there by Mother's Day. About three days away. And so on Mother's Day, he, he got up and he called his mom. And he was really excited. And he said, Mom, happy, happy Mother's Day. And she said, well, thank you. And he said, how'd you like the bird? And she said, it was delicious. <laughs> well, uh, maybe you won't get that unusual gift this year. But just to honor you mothers that are here this morning right now, would you just please stand? All mothers, would you please stand? We just want to take time at this time to honor. Give them a round of applause. My goodness. Thank you so much. Be, please be seated. We, uh, we honor you. We appreciate you, and God honors you. Uh, you know, Proverbs 31 is a fantastic chapter, and it deals with honoring our mothers and honoring the godly mother and the godly wife. And so we're happy you're here this morning. 
on this special day. I want to talk about a special lady in the Bible. Her name was Eunice. She was a mother of a young man by the name of Timothy. And we want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my, deliver, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God when I serve you for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in thee also. And so you have Timothy. Sometime back, I saw an interesting contrast between two men who, who lived in Northampton, Massachusetts. One was a preacher by the name of Jonathan Edwards. The other was an unbeliever by the name of Max Jukes. Jonathan Edwards married a devout Christian girl. And from that marriage came 729 descendants. Of those descendants, 300 were missionaries, 65 were university presidents, 60 were authors of good books, Three were U.S. congressmen. One was a vice president of the United States. And most of those descendants made a significant contribution to society. And then in contrast, you have Max Jukes. Max lived just down the street from Jonathan Edwards. He was an unbeliever. He married an unbeliever. And his descendants totaled 1,026 300 died early in life. 100 went to prison for an average of 13 years each. 200 were prostitutes. 100 were alcoholics. And the descendants of this man cost the state just a little over a million dollars to care for them. Now the question is, what determines how a child will turn out? The question is, what is the primary force which mows the life of an individual and determines what she, he or she will accomplish in their life? What determines how a child will turn out? Now, some would tell you that education opportunities will determine that. You hear that even now, that if we could just have more schools and more, and more education facilities that the children would not be as they are now. Is it really education opportunities that determines how a child will turn out? There are a number of PhDs that are in prison today. We're told that there, there are enough of PhDs in prison, people who have PhDs in prison, that you could staff a senior college somewhere. So is it education? Is it a religious uh, 
affiliation that determines how a child come, turns out. I know even in our jail ministry, when we talk with those in the jail and, and we ask them, you know, where did you go to church when you were growing up? And, and oftentimes they'll say, well, I'm Baptist. I'm Baptist. I found out that I think over half the people in the county jail one year were Baptist. So is it the religious affiliation that determines if a child turns out right? Is it a talent that they might have? We have talented crooks today also. I mean, we have those that can do all types of, you know, uh, things with a computer. And uh, uh, what about equal circumstances? Someone say, if everyone just had equal circumstances, if, if all circumstances were equal and everybody experienced equal circumstances, everybody would, would be the same. Well, some of our most productive citizens have come out of the most uh, unpleasant circumstances. And so it's not that. So what determines what a child will become? The Bible makes it pretty simple when the Bible speaks of parents. Parents. Now, is, if that's true, and it is, don't you think that it would be wise for us to look at a parent who has a child who turned out to be godly and contributed to society. Eunice was that mother, that parent. And she's honored in God's word. She's honored not for being a missionary. She's honored not for being a church planner. She's honored not for, for being a, a Christian business person. But she's honored in God's word for just being a godly parent. She's remembered in God's Word because she passed on her faith to her son. I want to share some thoughts about passing on her faith. Three things that we need to remember. How did she pass on that faith? You might want to jot this down. First of all, she planted her faith. She planted her faith. She planted her faith in her son, Timothy. She planted her faith in her son the very first day of his life, the day that he was born. She named him Timothy. She named him Timothy. The word Timothy means God-fearing. She started out even with his name. I, I know my parents named me Samuel. My legal name is Samuel. Dedicated to God. And she started out with his name, Timothy. She couldn't put the fruit of faith in him, but she could plant the seeds of faith and pray that one day these seeds would blossom into the faith that she desired for him. She named him Timothy. She couldn't make her son fear God, but she gave him a name to live up to. His name was Timothy, one that feared God, God-fearing. So the point is this, parents, the process of passing on your faith to your children begins as early as their birth. Now, dads, moms, especially dads, you know, uh, perhaps you did like I did, you know, you, you look over into that crib and first thing you do is go buy an Auburn or an Alabama jersey for that child. Because you know in your own heart that that, 
that's the next quarterback for Auburn or for Alabama or a future pitcher or a cheerleader or a drum major or, or whatever. And you have your dreams for that child. And as they grow, we give, we give them all kinds of ideals and all kinds of personal advice. And they, they grow, you know, we try to get them to grow uh, to accomplish what we feel like's best for them in regards to personal behavior, in regards to education, in regards to a diet, in regards to their appearance. We want them, we feel like we know the best for them if they're going to succeed in this world. But the question is this, shouldn't we be as concerned or even more concerned about pointing them and educating them and training them in spiritual things as we are the things that are on this earth? Now, they may not... uh, Fulfill your earthly dreams. But they're going to die one day. And they're either going to have Christ or they're not going to have Christ. And you can have a lot to do with whether they accept Christ or whether they reject Christ. And so the process of passing on your faith begins at a very early age, even when they're born. The point is, don't be negligent in teaching your child or your children about all things except spiritual things. Begin when they were born. How did she pass on her faith? She planted it at birth. Jot this down. Number two, she not only planted it, but she taught it. She taught the faith as Timothy grew. 2 Timothy 3 you would look at that just a moment. 2 Timothy 3 verse 14 says this, But continue thou, speaking to Timothy, Paul says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Not only did she plant her faith, but she taught her faith. She taught the holy scripture. I can honestly say today, uh, 64 years old today, I can honestly say that I've been taught the sacred writings of God since I was a small child. As, As early as I can remember, I was taught the Scripture. I was taught to memorize the Scripture. I was taught to read the Scripture. I was taught to obey the Scripture. They were passing their faith on to me by teaching their faith to me. And uh, it was taught at home. It was taught at church. And parents, let me just say, if you want to pass your faith on to your children, you have to teach them the Word of God. And so how do you pass your faith along? You plant it at their birth. You teach it all the way in their early years until they leave home and, and they'll be reading and studying their Word after they leave home. And then jot this down, number three. Not only do you plan it and you teach it, but you pass your faith on by how you live it. You live your faith. Paul used the word there in in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He used the word unfeigned, verse 5 in chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, I'm sorry. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in thee also. Use that unfeigned faith. King James says unfeigned. The 
the New American Standard says sincere faith. The Phillips translation says genuine faith. The uh, ESV uh, translation says sincere faith. You see, that word comes from a Greek word in which we get the English word hypocrite. And what Paul was saying to Timothy, he says, Timothy, I, I, know that Eunice, I know that Eunice was not a hypocrite. I know that she lived her faith. She lived it. A hypocrite was one who acted beneath or behind a guise, behind a mask. They were a pretender. And Paul said, I know Eunice's faith was unhypocritical. I know your mother's faith was not a put-on faith. I know it was a real faith. I know that it was an authentic faith. It wasn't a fake faith. The point is that the faith that Eunice claimed to live publicly, she also lived privately. So as people saw her outside the house the same way she was inside the house. She was not a hypocrite when it came to her faith. Please remember this. Parents, the single most powerful uh, impact that you can have on your child is not what you say, but it's what you do. In fact, you have that same impact on your grandchildren also. So we live in a world today that must see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as parents, it's our responsibility to pass on our faith to our children and to our grandchildren for their benefit and then for the benefit of others. And the way we pass it on, we plant it at birth, we teach it to the early years of their life, and then we live it out before them. And I'm praying today that you're passing on your faith to your children, to your grandchildren. That's how we word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence today on this special day, on Mother's Day. And Lord, we've recognized this morning our children, we had a baby dedication service. I thank you, Lord, for the couples that came and presented their, their babies to, to you today. And Lord, I pray for them. I lift them up to you as they begin now. They've already begun the process knowing these couples several, several months ago, teaching their child, Lord, uh, about you. And I lift them up to you in prayer. And Father, we pray today for our seniors. We pray, Lord, as, as they were recognized today and presented your word, presented a Bible uh, from their church family. I pray, Lord, that they'll continue to put you first in their life and live out their faith. Lord, uh, Courtney is going to the, in the, into the military, and I pray that she'll live out her faith there. Kobe's going to college. I pray that he'll live out his faith there at the college, university. Our other graduates, Lord, whatever they choose to do, I pray that they'll take your word and they'll live out your word in their life. And so today we've recognized our mothers that are here. Lord, I lift them up to you in prayer. And I pray that our children can continue to look to moms, Lord, for uh, their faith, as your faith is lived out before their children, their grandchildren. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Today I pray for each person here, and I pray now that you would be with us as we uh, have this invitation hymn. And I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their lives.
that they would give their heart and their life to you today. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Here.